I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, 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 Happening. Happy Friday to everybody out there. The best day of the work week. Thanks for joining me as always. It is much appreciated. Before we get to Robert Kraft and what he had to say about the club spending and how people have talked about the Patriots being at the very bottom of the league in spending, let's first give you some news. Bill O'Brien is heading to Boston College. Kevin Stone from the New England Football Journal was all over it last night. Pete Thamel of ESPN just posted it as well. So Bill O'Brien is going to be the new head coach of the Boston College Eagles, a great hire for Boston College. Bill O'Brien is the perfect guy for that program. He has a history of winning college football games, of coaching top programs like Penn State. So he has that experience. He has that on the resume. So that's great news for BC, and it's great news for Bill O'Brien. I know a lot of people you know, have their own thoughts on O'Brien and what he didn't do here last year as the OC, and a lot of people criticized O'Brien for the job. But O'Brien was given a very tough situation, and he always wanted to stay here. He wanted to stay home. He didn't want to go to Ohio State. And so this is a great story for BC. They land a big name within the college coaching circles, and it's a great story for O'Brien, who gets to stay home and work with this program. And now, of course, for the Patriots, all eyes on Will Long, who is the tight ends coach. He was brought in to New England thanks to Bill O'Brien's relationship with with Long. So you wonder if Will Long is going to leave the Patriots to go to Boston College. We'll get an idea on that, I would guess, relatively soon. But there's some breaking news for you this morning with Bill O'Brien. Actually broke last night. Bill O'Brien going to Boston College. I think it's a fantastic hire for the Eagles. Boston College fans should be very, very excited. All right, let's get to Kraft. There's been lots of talk Lots of talk about money spent and money not spent by the Patriots. As we know, for the past decade, the Patriots have been at the bottom of the NFL when it comes to cash spending. It is something that a lot of people have talked about, and it has picked up momentum over the past couple of years as the Patriots have lost more and more post-Brady. And a lot of people have talked about not only the money on the team, on the field, on the roster, but also the money that has not been spent on the coaching staff. And a lot of people have brought up that the coaching staff is small compared to other coaching staffs and that Robert Kraft is not willing to pay staffs as much as other owners are willing to pay those coaching staffs. We know the spending numbers. They are there. They are factual. 
apparently Robert Kraft has had enough. Tom Curran posted last night, Kraft spent an hour today in an informal off-the-record sit-down with reporters from NBC Sports Boston, the Boston Globe, and The Athletic. Kraft went on record for a pair of questions at the end of the conversation. I want the off-the-record stuff, don't you? I would love that off-the-record stuff because what we got on the record was spicy. I can't imagine what was said off the record. But here's what Kraft had to say about spending. Quote, I know there's a perception that we have held back on spending. Let me just say for our fans, that's just not true. Look, we were blessed to have a coach in our system who was a great coach and also understood value. He ran a tight ship. So Kraft is not fighting the numbers. He's not sitting here telling us those are all lies because he knows. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right? So he's looking at the numbers. He understands that they exist. He understands they've been reported on. So he's not going to sit here and, and really be disingenuous and say, oh, well, all of those numbers are fugazi. That's just a bunch of fraudulent numbers being thrown out there by people who have agendas. So he's not he's not sitting here disputing the fact that the Patriots are at the bottom of the list in cash spending. He's not addressing, you know, the the what. He knows what the what is. We all know what the what is. Bottom of the league in cash spending. He's addressing the why. And Kraft is putting this 100% on Bill Belichick. Yeah, I know we're at the bottom of cash spending. I know what people are saying, but I also know it's not on me. It's on the guy that's now gone. And this has been a systematic approach by the Crafts to let everybody know out there that the guy to blame, the reason why the Patriots were a losing program, the Crafts are telling you it was Bill Belichick. It was Bill Belichick and personnel decisions. It was Bill Belichick with how he handled certain players. It was Bill Belichick with the spending. That was not on us. That was on Belichick. That is a clear message from the owner. And it's been a clear message since he had his press conference right after they had that awkward hug, he and Belichick, at the podium. From really second one, Robert Kraft has been telling us, this is all on Bill. It's CYA time for Robert Kraft, ownership, and the New England Patriots. So he's addressing the why and not the what. Back to the NBC Sports Boston story that was written last night by Phil Perry. Belichick notably said after the 2022 season that, quote, our spending in 2020, our spending in 2021, and our spending in 2022, the aggregate of that was we were 27th in the league in cash spending. So, you know, going back to the offseason of what you would call really, you know, 23, Going back to that, after the 2022 season, Belichick had the interview. I think it was on Sirius XM Radio, I believe. And he threw Kraft under the bus. Belichick at that time said, hey, look, you want to blame me? You want to blame me for the lack of personnel and the lack of talent? Not on me. Look at the cash spending. Look at the cash spending in 2020, 2021, 2022. If you take the aggregate of that, we were 27th in the league. And now Belichick... He was not only throwing Kraft under the bus at the time, he was also defending what they did in the 2021 offseason. All the money they spent. Belichick's point was, yeah, we spent that money, but at the end of the day, when you look at the three-year period from 2020 through 2022, 
We were 27th in the league in cash spending. Get back to thoughts in a minute. First, I want to jump to a super chat. Again, you can jump to the front of the line of the comments if you have thoughts on Belichick, the spending. Do you believe Robert Kraft? Do you put this on Kraft? Do you put this on Belichick? If you have thoughts on that, if you have questions, you can send the super chat. You donate to the show, number one. And number two, you also get involved in the conversation and jump everybody else in the line. Mason Daly says, morning, Nick. Thanks for pushing back on Joe Judge's mouthpiece. Wish he would stop promoting this petty nonsense, but love you pushing back. I think Mason is uh, discussing the conversation I had with Greg Bedard on yesterday's pod. If you guys haven't checked it out, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, uh, Greg and I went back and forth on the idea of Gerard Mayo not landing some of the coaches that he wanted. And Greg saying that it's excusing Mayo and me saying it's not excusing Mayo because Mayo is not in charge of what's going on here when it comes to staff spending. Like Robert Kraft would tell you and lead you to believe that Bill Belichick was. So thank you, Mason, for the super chat. Also, while you're watching, don't forget, give us that thumbs up, like, comment, and subscribe. Let's continue to build the momentum with this program, and that's how we do it. More likes means more eyeballs. Take a second of your time to do that. I appreciate you. Back to NBC Sports Boston. Over the last 10 years, the Patriots ranked last in cash spending per ESPN. Here's what Kraft said. Quote, they say we've been low spenders in the last 10 years, and that might be true. But we had a pretty good record, and we won three Super Bowls. I don't love when Kraft or anybody else says that because we, we have to understand and acknowledge the context. That, yeah, you won Super Bowls when you weren't spending a lot of money, but you also had the greatest quarterback of all time. So I think we have to look at Tom Brady and give him the proper level of respect dealing with the team that he had to deal with and the players around him and getting the most out of those guys because he was that damn good. Here's the next line from Kraft, and this is a straight shot at Belichick. But our coaches have always had the ability to spend at whatever level they wanted. Now, Kraft is saying that the coaches, they have authority to spend whatever they want. Now, is that true? I don't know. Again, I don't put this on Mayo as far as we look at Nick Cayley and maybe some of the decisions that have been made in this offseason at the coaching staff and, and not wanting to spend as much as, as Cayley had wanted whether you think Kaylee was unreasonable or the Patriots were unreasonable in, in matching that, I have no idea. I will tell you, and we'll get into this a little bit later, that Robin Glazer has been in the room, according to Burt Breer, during these OC interviews. And Robin Glazer specifically was involved in the negotiation process. So I don't believe Robert Kraft saying that coaches had carte blanche. It, there's three sides to every story, right? There's going to be Kraft side, Belichick side, and the truth. I don't believe that there's unlimited resources to do whatever they want with the coaching staff. I honestly don't believe that. But I also don't believe that Robert Kraft is pinching every single penny over every single coaching staff member. And I do believe this idea that Bill Belichick kept the staff at a low number because Belichick wanted his trusted circle. Belichick's on record saying that you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen and that if you have a huge staff, it's more difficult to disseminate uh, your message and to communicate clearly. 
it is a Belichick philosophy to not have an oversized staff. So both things can be true. Here's what Krafts continued to say. I think Bill was always thinking about the future and really understood value, but we never held back with any of the coaches we've had over the last 30 years. They've been able to get whatever they want. Again, I think within limits. If cash spending became an issue for our family, and let me just say this, the cash spending number, you're looking at the roster and how much money is spent. We're not necessarily looking at, you know, the coaching staffs and all of that. We're looking at the roster. That's what people are concerned by, right? We don't know what these coaches are making. We don't even know what Belichick was making. It's been rumored, innuendoed, kind of sort of reported that he was making $25 million a year, but nobody had a clear idea as far as Belichick's term and what he was exactly making until the very end. And let's think about why that was, because people were leaking out their agendas to reporters. If cash spending became an issue for our family, this is Kraft again, and we couldn't do it, then I would sell the team. Winning football games after my family is the most important thing in my life. Whatever we can do to help make that happen, we're going to do. That's a very crucial statement by Robert Kraft. He's throwing Belichick under the bus for all of the cash spending decisions. He's saying it's on Bill. And then he's telling the fans, we have no limitations. I'm a no-limit soldier, baby. I am willing to spend no matter what. Robert Kraft is telling you that he is willing and able and capable of walking into the room with the money gun and paying whatever to whoever. And as a matter of fact, he doubles down and he's telling the fans, if I was unable to spend at the top of the mountain, then I would sell this football team. Again, If cash spending became an issue for our family and we couldn't do it, then I would sell the team. That is above and beyond any kind of full throttle comment by Tom Warner. That is a blanket statement. We're going to pay. We're going to pay. We can pay. And if we couldn't pay, I'd sell the team. So now Robert Kraft just opened the door for all of us to say, hey, Robert, you didn't spend. You haven't spent the past couple of years. Put the money where the mouth is. And if Robert Kraft and this team doesn't spend in this offseason and moving forward, then Kraft is wide open for the criticism he's going to get because he just told us he's willing to spend, he can spend, and if they don't spend because they can't spend, he'll sell the team. So now it's completely fair that if the Patriots don't spend, that we can have this battle back and forth between fans and ownership about selling the football team. If this team doesn't spend, because he just told us, Robert Kraft just told us, if I was incapable of spending, we'd walk away. Now, he's also putting this on Elliot Wolf, which we'll get into in a minute. But first, Prenton jumps in. He says, I love the Master P reference. I, I, I thank you. I'm glad that you got the uh, reference. I appreciate you, Trenton. And uh, thank you for the super chat. Again, if you want to jump in front of the line like Trenton did, you can send a super chat, contribute to the program, all that good stuff. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up. There's a reason why Robert Kraft wanted all of this on the record, right? Think back to what Tom Curran posted. Kraft spoke to reporters for one hour, for a full hour. But 
there were only two questions that Kraft gave the okay to to go on the record with. There's a reason for that. Kraft wants this out there. And no matter what he gave background to those reporters, no matter what he said during this hour-long sit-down before what was put on the record, he wanted this on the record. And so when you look at why he wanted it on the record, number one, he's telling us we can spend. Number two, is he's covering his own ass. Number three, once it's out there in the public, it's out there. And so now Kraft has put himself in a corner. Just like the Red Sox did when Tom Werner went out there and, and said full throttle, now you put yourself in the corner. You have put yourself in a box. Because if you don't go full throttle, you're going to get killed, just like the Red Sox have been justifiably killed this offseason. If the Patriots don't spend money, ownership is going to get killed. And Kraft, I think, is intelligently saying we can spend, but he also put it on Belichick. So now the question is, what's going to go on with Elliot Wolf? Is Wolf going to have that power. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, back to NBC Sports Boston. Kraft insisted that if the team determines this is the offseason to spend freely, he won't be an obstruction. Quote, I'm sorry this misconception has been out there. The misconception is that they don't spend because they don't want to spend, right? That's the misconception he's talking about, that it's a directive. It can't be that they don't spend because, again, that's a fact and we know that they haven't spent. I can assure our fans that spending will never be held back or the reason that we don't sign players. So there it is. Not only did Bill Belichick have the call, I'm telling you right now, I can assure you, I can assure you that we will not be held back by spending, i.e. Elliot Wolf will not be held back by spending. So Kraft is telling you, I'm willing to spend, but it's on those guys. It's not on me, it's on those guys. Just like he's saying it was on Bill Belichick. This was an interesting part of what Kraft said. I've actually tried to get us to sign players who maybe would have cost more, but wouldn't have been the right players or value. So we always leave that to the people we assign the responsibility to. That's interesting. It's interesting on a number of levels. And I don't know if Kraft meant to do this, but what Kraft just did was he admitted that he has meddled. Now, I've sat here and I've said, throughout Belichick's tenure, the Krafts don't meddle. The only time they really got involved was Tom Brady. But Robert Kraft just opened up his mouth. And Robert Kraft just told you, Robert Kraft just told me, Robert Kraft just told everybody that there have been instances in the past that he has wanted the Patriots to sign players who would have cost more money but would not have been the right players. So Kraft is telling us that at least at the suggestion level, he has suggested players to the front office slash Bill Belichick. Now, that is a new detail. That tells us that Kraft has weighed in on things. Shouldn't it be surprising in a, in a normal structure, but it is surprising here in New England because what we've been told by reporters and what we've been told by Kraft himself, and as he said, during this sit-down, you know, he doesn't get involved with these things. But 
apparently he gets involved at least at the level of suggestions. Hey, maybe you should sign DeAndre Hopkins. Bill would say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So I thought it was interesting that Kraft admits that he has meddled at a certain level, certain level. And I would love to know which players, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Kraft ultimately backed off. And again, if it's a suggestion, it's a suggestion. As long as ownership is not making these decisions, as long as ownership is giving the autonomy to the front office and giving them latitude to make the right decision by the football team, then it's not as big of a deal. But I did find it interesting that Kraft admits here that he's had his own thoughts and, you know, that he has said, look, I've actually tried to get us to sign players, which means he put in an effort to try to sign certain players. Daniel Dominguez, thank you for the uh, super chat. I appreciate you. The $10 donation to the program. Uh, I always absolutely love when people spend their hard-earned money on this product because it means the world to me. It means that you appreciate what we do, and it continues to build the momentum. And that's the most important part of it. Thank you, Daniel, for the super chat. Again, the clear message is this is Belichick's fault. And now the onus is 100% on Elliot Wolf, Alonzo Highsmith, Patrick Stewart, and Matt Groh. But really, mostly Elliot Wolf because Elliot Wolf is going to be in charge of the groceries. So Kraft is also putting some pressure on this new front office, letting everybody know, I'm not going to get in the way of the spending. If we don't spend, it's those guys. Kraft said it didn't make him nervous to have rookies calling the shots after Belichick's departure. Says he feels a sense of excitement and great opportunity. Said this is the first time in 31 years of ownership that we're drafting at the position that we are and have a chance to get some great players and also have the cap room that we carried over. Translation. Don't bleep this up. All right. Give us that like, thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe. Trying to hit 2,000 subscriptions by March 1st. We've got a couple of weeks to do so. Let's continue this momentum we're building, and let's continue the spending talk, but this time regarding the head coach. Greg Bedard said that some people in Alabama during the Senior Bowl week mentioned that Gerard Mayo had a big-time payout and buyout. If Gerard Mayo was sent packing that the Crafts would have to pay a big chunk of money to Mayo on his way out, a golden parachute, so to speak. And Greg mentioned on Felger, Maz, and other places that a few people down in Alabama said that the Gerard Mayo buyout was $10 million. That was the number that was kicked around. If true, let me just say, that puts a bow on this terrible approach. I don't agree with giving Mayo this succession plan. I don't agree with having that succession plan on paper in a contract when you have no idea what's going to happen over the next year, two years, three years. So I hate that. I hate the idea of a succession plan just given. I hate the fact that the succession plan was written down on paper and made official via a contract. And I absolutely hate this idea of a $10 million buyout. I, Gerard Mayo won you over so much because you took a trip to Israel that you not only put it on paper that he was going to be the next guy, no matter what happened with Belichick, no matter how it ended with Belichick, Mayo was going to be the guy, but you also felt it necessary to give him a $10 million buyout? I'm telling you, Gerard Mayo, the way he was treated by the Crafts, this is a big risk by them. 
They treated him like he was going to be a Hall of Fame coach. They obviously believe that they have the right guy, and they believe that Gerard Mayo can be truly special. And I don't know. I'm not telling you Mayo won't end up being special. This might be all who cares in hindsight. If Gerard Mayo goes out there and crushes it as the coach, nobody's going to care, right? No, Nobody's going to care about the process. Nobody's going to care about the succession plan. Nobody's going to care about the buyouts. But the approach, the process is interesting. And it really puts a ton of pressure on Mayo. Mayo has to not only be pretty good, he's got to be damn good to great the way this ownership group treated him. They did not do a head coach search. They handed this job to Mayo. There's also a question, you know, if if there was a $10 million buyout, is that why Mayo's the coach? I don't know who leaked this, but it doesn't, doesn't make Mayo look good. I don't know who threw this out there. I don't know if this was, you know, some of the Belichickian disciples who have been leaking some stuff, making Mac Jones and Mayo look like jerks and idiots. I have no idea. No clue who leaked this. I don't, it's obvious Mayo did not leak this. It's obvious that Mayo's people did not leak this. It's obvious that people who are in the building right now did not leak this because, again, it looks it makes Mayo look really, really bad. It, it looks like, oh, they gave Mayo the job because they were unwilling to give him the $10 million buyout, not because he's necessarily qualified for it or they think he's going to do a great job. It's because financially they weren't going to pay Bill Belichick tens of millions to walk away, plus give Gerard Mayo $10 million to walk away. That's the way this makes it look. And there is a huge disconnect here, right? Like there's one side of people saying that Robert Kraft is cheap with the coaching staff. But on on the other side of it, people are saying that he gave Mayo a $10 million buyout and that he paid Bill Belichick $25 million. You know, there's one side like Karen Garigian who does a fantastic job she wrote this week, considering Ben McAdoo's contract and the fact that, you know, the Panthers are still on the hook for his salary because the Panthers signed him to a three-year deal in 2022. There's term remaining on the contract. As Garigian wrote, the Patriots don't have to pay him much of anything as an assistant given the offsets in the deal. So we have one side saying they're hiring all these cheap coaches. They have then you have the other side saying, well, like Mark Daniels posted yesterday, it's worth pointing out that Bill Belichick was the highest paid coach and not just the NFL, but American sports in 2023. Daniels also wrote, I believe McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, was paid handsomely after he turned down the Colts. So money is being spent on the staff. This reminds me of the conversation we've had as far as free agency and who you sign and why you sign them and how much you sign them for. It's not that you don't have money to spend. It's how you spend the money. It's the allocation of resources. It's the conversation we've had about signing somebody like Juju Smith-Schuster instead of keeping Jacoby Myers in town. That was not a money decision. That was a football decision. So it reminds me of that. Money has been given to whoever's calling the shots for the coaching staff. It's how you allocate those resources. And I also believe there is a limit. 
I also believe that you can pay Kraft uh, and you can pay Belichick $25 million, but you're not going to pay everybody on the staff a bunch of money. And if you look at McDaniels and you look at Mayo, very similar, right? Because we saw the reports that the Patriots, they had the same kind of idea. It was not, from what I have read, it was not put on paper, but Kraft had the same idea as far as Josh McDaniels being the succession plan for Belichick when Josh decided to stay here instead of going to Indianapolis. Don't forget to like, give us that thumbs up, comment, and subscribe. Spotify, Apple Pods, rate and review, five-star reviews. We love them. We take them. If the buyout was $10 million, if that's the buyout, what is Mayo getting paid? I don't know. What is Mayo getting paid annually? Is he getting paid $10 million annually? Is he getting paid more than $10 million annually? Jim Harbaugh is making $16 million a year to be the Chargers head coach. So I don't think it's that much. And if the buyout was the same amount as the annual money, then Robert Kraft is paying $35 million combined for Belichick to walk away in Mayo to be here. And that would give you a pretty good idea, right? That would give you a pretty good idea as to why Robert Kraft might not be willing to spend five, six, seven million dollars on Nick Cayley. Because Kraft's looking at it saying, I, I just paid 25 million for Bill the Walk. I'm paying Mayo $10 million to be the head coach. That's $35 million. Am I just going to dump $50 million, $60 million into the coaching staff? Is there an owner out there on God's green earth in the NFL that is dumping $50 million into his coaching staff? So that, that that's, that's maybe the way Kraft is looking at this. At the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody is going to care if this Patriots team wins, if the Patriots do not win, and I'm not talking about 2024. I think all of us understand that 2024 is going to be an adjustment year, so to speak, a learning curve year. There's lots of new. We'll see how the talent shakes out, what happens with free agency in the draft, which, by the way, we're going to start getting into heavy next week now that we're getting past the coaching stuff and the spending stuff and ownership stuff. We're going to start really looking at free agency in the draft over the next several weeks. I can't wait to get into that. But I don't think many of us are expecting 2024 to be a playoff season for this team, right? Inevitably, what, what matters is if you win football games. And if this team doesn't win because the staff isn't good enough, they don't spend enough money, we'll be having these conversations again in a year or two saying they're down on spending this and that. Nobody cared about the spending until the Patriots started losing, right? Again, thanks to a guy by the name of Tom Brady. Appreciate him. Matthew Wilson jumps in and says, Nick, the Crafts need to stop putting out hit pieces and get the football team back to relevancy. Matthew, you can do both. <laughs> you can do both. They can spend. Elliot Wolf can do a great job. Meanwhile, the Crafts can continue to throw stuff out there. But this is happening on both sides, right? And it's unfortunate. This is the unfortunate part of a divorce. I remember going back weeks ago when people wanted this, you know, elegant solution or whatever the hell. And I mentioned the way things ended between Belichick and Kraft publicly was as good as you could get because it was a divorce. My parents divorced when I was like two or three years old. So 
Divorces happen a lot, right? When a divorce happens, a lot of baggage. When a divorce happens, think about how people handle it at times. Not all the time, but a lot of divorces, when they happen, those people who just got divorced, they're talking to others, right? Oh, yeah, well, I divorced her because of this, because of that. Do you know that she said this one time? Do you know that she said that one time? Oh, did you know that he said that, that he did this? Can you imagine that scum who did? That's what happens when divorce goes down. And when you have people that are fighting for their legacy, you have people like Robert Kraft, who's not in the Hall of Fame, who is trying to fight for his legacy and saying, look, that success wasn't just Brady and Belichick. I had something to do with it, too. And you have Belichick, who's fighting for this idea of it wasn't just all Tom Brady. I had a lot to do with it. Look at all that I did. You have different personalities. You have different agendas. This stuff is happening. It's going to leak on each side. Belichick and his and his people are leaking stuff. You know, like taking shots at Mac Jones for going to a press conference, which was ridiculous. All the stuff we've read about Mac Jones, Mike Lombardi going on radio this week, eviscerating Mac Jones and blaming him for everything and protecting Belichick on everything. And Kraft is going to leak stuff as well. And Kraft is going to get his side of the story out there to the public. That's how these things work. Do I like it? No. Is it petty? Yes. Was it predictable? Absolutely. This is what happens when you have a divorce, especially when you're talking about somebody who was the coach of this team and ran this team for almost a quarter of a century. Six Super Bowls, went to countless others, a million AFC championship games. There's a lot on the line for these guys. And they're going to do what they've got to do to make themselves look great. Nobody's the hero. Nobody's the villain in this story when it comes to leaking and who's being petty and who's throwing shots. I mean, the Patriots just released a three-minute video on the 2003 Super Bowl team that did not have a single second of Bill Belichick on it. That's outrageous. That is the most petty that you can be. And that doesn't happen by accident. There's no way. There's no way that the Patriots put together this video to thank the 2003 Super Bowl team. And not one person said in that room, wait, Bill Belichick's not on this. <laughs> As a matter of fact, there's a part in the video where it shows the Lombardi Trophy being held up by, I believe, Bill Belichick. But you don't see Bill. You see his hand. Petty. Petty. Because everybody is trying to protect themselves, their reputation, their perception, and their legacy. And everybody involved in this story has pride. That's how these things work, unfortunately. Don't forget, give us that thumbs up, comment, subscribe. I want to get to the offensive coordinator interviews and some of the news that was broke last night by Burt Breer quickly. Again, I appreciate every single one of you as we try to build this community. I try to shoot it to you straight. I'm not always right. If I was, I'd be on an island worth billions of dollars. I just tell you how I see things, try to give you as objective as a viewpoint as I can. Of course, I have my own opinions. I have lots of opinions, but I appreciate the interaction and back and forth that we have here. And thank you for liking and commenting and subscribing. Let's get to the interview process. Bert Breer posted last night. The Patriots offensive coordinator interviews, sources say, were conducted by a group of four. 
Gerard Mayo, Elliot Wolf, Matt Groh, and EVP of Football Business, Robin Glazer. Oh, baby. Did this get some people stirred up last night? <laughs> it, it, if if you believe that the crafts are are intimately involved with every single football matter now, and you believe that they're going to be intimately involved with the coaching hires and all of that, this right here was like catnip. This was catnip to those people. Robin Glazer was in those meetings. Why is she in those meetings? She has to be involved in football matters. Pump the brakes on that. Because what people are paying attention to is the fact that Glazer was in on these meetings. What they're not paying as much attention to is what Burt also wrote last night, which was the Patriots took recommendations from the league on assembling the diverse panel. Diversity, when you talk about diversity, we're not talking about white folks, right? It's obvious. We're not talking about white men. We're talking about black, brown, female, Asian, Native American, etc. Talking about minorities. And so when Burt writes that the team took recommendations from the league on assembling a diverse panel, he's not talking about Elliot Wolf. He's not talking about Matt Groh. He's not talking about Gerard Mayo because Mayo's the head coach. He's going to be obviously involved in those interviews. So I took that as him saying the Patriots took recommendations from the league and the league recommended a diverse panel. Therefore, Robin Glazer was in the room. That's how I read it. Somebody else might read it differently. Did the NFL suggest having a female in the room? Burt Breer, I'd also say this. He said last night on NBC Sports Boston that Glazer worked on the negotiations. And we all know that Glazer is tight with Jonathan Kraft. That obviously could conflict with what Robert Kraft said to the media, right? This idea that the Krafts never suggest or get in the way of coaching hires and you know they can spend whatever they want. You could certainly see this and, and draw a line from Robin Glazer being in the room to ownership and Glazer having a direct contact with Jonathan Kraft about the contract situations that are being discussed in those rooms. But here's another thing. Again, context matters. Breer also said last night, I thought it was a great question. I think Tom Giles asked it. Breer was also asked whether this happens in the NFL. Here's what Breer said. Breer said that other teams have started to scout, have started using, you know, scouting and personnel directors, have those types of people, along with somebody who is seen as a negotiator in the room. So what the Patriots did with Robin Glazer is no different than what a lot of other teams are doing with negotiators, lawyers, capologists, whoever's in that room. Burt Breer mentioned the Lions, the Rams, and more teams, saying that they have a negotiator that is in there. So this is not necessarily anything outside the box by the Patriots. You have your coach, you have your personnel people, and you have a negotiator slash lawyer, a numbers person in that room. So it's not necessarily odd. Of course, the issue is Glazer's relationship with Jonathan Kraft, but I would imagine a lot of people who are in these rooms with these other teams that are negotiating these contracts, they have connections with ownership as well. 
at the end, I just say, if she's not making football decisions, I couldn't care less. I expect ownership to be involved at a certain level. As long as they're not making the football decisions, they can suggest talent. They they can suggest, you know, what we should do in the draft. As long as Jonathan Kraft, Robert Kraft, Robin Glazer are not standing in the middle of the war room on draft night saying, we are drafting Jaden Daniels at number three. I'm not worried or bothered by this. The Crafts own the business. They have all the right in the world to be in those rooms, to have conversations. As a matter of fact, they own the team. They have the right to run the entire damn thing if they wanted to, a la Jerry Jones. Not telling you it would be the right thing. I'm telling you they could do that if they wanted to do it. So being involved in these conversations, I don't think it's a big deal. I anticipate Jonathan Kraft and Robert Kraft to have their own thoughts about the third pick. I would expect them to have conversations with the front office about, hey, what are you guys going to do here? I would expect they have suggestions. Inevitably, it's up to Elliot Wolf to make that decision. Hey, thanks for the suggestion, boss. I'm going a different way. <laughs> this isn't rocket science. You know, not everything is a grand conspiracy theory. Now, Matt Groh being in the room is interesting. Get to that in a minute. But I also say a lot of attention was paid to Robin Glazer being in the room, but nobody is talking about, well, hey, the Crafts were not in that room. Jonathan Kraft was not in that room. So the Crafts, from what we know, are not involved directly in the day-to-day process, which is what Robert Kraft said at the Mayo introductory press conference. We are not going to be involved on the day-to-day. We're not getting in the weeds. We're not going to get into granular things. We're owners. We're going to be involved, but we're not going to be getting in the way of staff and front office on a day-to-day basis. We're going to let them do their job. Now, Grow being in the room, don't think this is much of a big deal. Alonzo Highsmith was not here yet. Highsmith is going to be Elliot Wolf's right-hand man. Matt Groh is going to run the scouting department, which is fine by me. That's what he does. College scout, cool, along with Cam Williams, Steve Cargill, and Patrick Stewart. That's fine. Elliot Wolf, Alonzo Highsmith are really the hierarchy within this front office, and I am perfectly fine with both of those guys. They have great reputations. They are both known as tremendous talent evaluators. Cool with it. Not cool with the process. Would have liked to talk to people outside, maybe. We heard Gerard Mayo spoke to some external candidates or external people, so we don't know all of the details. But inevitably not really bothered by where they where they fell on this. Macro down the ladder a little bit. Elliot Wolf in charge of the 53. Alonzo Highsmith, his right-hand man. Fine with it. And let's not forget, I know Bert said that Grow was in the room for... OC interviews. Well, he was not in the room that final week. He was down in Mobile, Alabama. So Matt Groh was not there in person for Nick Cayley's second interview. He was not there in person for Luke Getze's second interview. And he was not there for Alex Van Pelt's first and second interview. So Matt Groh, to me, he was not a pivotal part of this process. He was in the room probably out of respect and to have his own thoughts. But really, when it came to nut cutting time and they were going to pick somebody, that final week of crucial interviews and second follow-up interviews, Matt Groh was an Alabama scouting senior bowl talent. I think that tells us clearly who has the power, in which we now know it's Elliot Wolf. Patrick Stewart not involved. I'm, I'm fascinated by his role. Seems like he's kind of an in-between. 
NFL and college. He's somebody else who's had experience outside of the New England system. Not totally Belichickian, so to speak. But the most important thing is it's Elliot Wolf's call. Final note here before I get to some of your chats and, and thoughts and questions. Michael Pellegrino was reported last night by Mike Reese. Pellegrino will be returning as the Patriots cornerbacks coach. I think this is good news. All the continuity that you can keep on the defensive end, I think, is a great idea. Demarcus Covington is your D.C. Fine with that. No problem with that. Obviously, Gerard Mayo will have his hand big time in the defensive process and game planning. Let's also say that, you know, Brian Belichick, as we talked about yesterday, is returning more continuity, Pellegrino returning. So now you have that continuity in the back end. And Pellegrino has done a really good job. I mean, think about Pellegrino, what he's had to work with, right? He's been able to get the most out of Jonathan Jones. He's been able to use Miles Bryant and his versatility to the best of his ability. I mean, even somebody like Alex Austin, who joins the team late last year, you know, showed some good signs towards the tail end of that season. So I think Pellegrino's done a really good job with cornerbacks. So I, I like the idea of Brian Belichick and Pellegrino handling the back end of this defense, Covington and Mayo handling the front seven. That's the way it should be. It just makes sense. Roll Pat says we need some WrestleMania breakdown. Uh, nah, not the place for it. I will say, Roll Pats, though, it's at least in my mind. It's been in my mind for like a year or two of doing a wrestling podcast. I don't know if I'm going to ever do it, but it's been an idea that's been floating around. Duncan talking about the Robert Kraft sit down with the uh, media that was off the record to be a fly on the wall. Oh, to be a fly on the wall. Would have been something else. Would have been absolutely something else. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Eric jumps in and says, we'll see how that changes with Bill gone. Time to put your money where your mouth is. 100%, Eric. But, like I said, let's not forget, Robert Kraft is saying, I'm willing to spend. But even if they don't spend now moving forward, Kraft has really covered his bases here. It's very smart by Kraft because he's telling you he's willing to spend, but he's also giving himself an out. Because if they don't spend, he can say, well, hey, Elliot Wolf, <laughs> right? Robert's kind of having it both ways. I, I believe, and not even kind of, he is. He wants it both ways. I'm willing to spend, but if we don't spend, it's not my fault. It's their fault. But I do believe that Bill Belichick made the decisions on spending. I do believe that. Just like I believe Elliot Wolf will make the decisions on spending now. I also believe that 
the money is not unlimited towards the coaching staff. And I think Kraft is is suffering from a little bit of hyperbole here when he's throwing us this idea that there are no limits to the coaching staff. I, I do believe every team has a budget and they stand by that budget mostly. But as far as the personnel decisions and the size of the staff and those philosophical views that we've seen for the past 24 years, I believe that was Belichick. So it's a nuanced conversation, and I hope that I'm doing a good job of, of giving you some clarity on it and giving out my, my viewpoint clearly. Clearly. Ian says, sounds like Kraft is saying to all those free agents, hey, we are paying, so come on board. You could take it that way. You could take it that way, no doubt about it. This could be a message to the free agents. This could be a message across the NFL to players saying, we are willing to pay. Bill Belichick's ways are over. He ran a tight ship. We're not going to be as tight anymore. Again, as I said earlier on the show, walk in with the money gun. All right, I'd appreciate every single one of you. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by March 1st. We're going to start pounding free agency in the draft coming up now, starting next week and the following weeks. I can't wait to get into the personnel of this football team, breaking down the roster, talking about possible free agent fits, all of those things. We are going to go hard on free agency and the draft, and I hope you're all here for it. Like, comment, subscribe, Spotify, Apple Pods, rate and review. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. Be safe. Have some fun. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I've got the Chiefs, by the way. I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't I don't know how you can make Patrick Mahomes an underdog. Mahomes over Purdy. I'm going with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. See if I'm right or wrong. Everybody have a great weekend. Appreciate you hanging out. Back on Monday, 11 a.m. is the Nick Cattle Show.